0: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. I'm here with David, and uh, this week uh, we're trying to stay away from the coronavirus um, topic, but we're going to just talk a little bit on the lighter side and how our lives are changing and uh, some of the things that we're doing as we are either in mandatory or voluntary confinement and staying a little more in our houses or in our offices uh, versus just doing our normal life. So um, let's get started. None
1: of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So tell me your real loud
0: My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop All right, so um, David, I actually have a quick question for you. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny because I've been thinking about this for the last, you know, especially the last week. I think it's when we've seen things getting a little more serious with California just last week. Uh, basically went into um, a state of alarm or confinement, which affected a lot of the business and people that we know. Uh, obviously, New York is in in very um, uh, dire stress situation. Governor uh, Cuomo is constantly in the news with uh, how difficult the situation is there. For people in New York, there's a highly, very dense uh, population there. But uh, as far as our lives, um, what do you think has changed mostly uh, like for example in your normal habits of uh, daily habits or how you live your life now obviously work is different we have a lot of things but in your personal life uh, how are you adapting to this uh, new uh,
1: situation? I mean pretty much everything has changed really I mean I think that's true for everybody I don't think like just everything little things you know like and I think a lot of people can relate to this where it's like you have little habits that change so for me it's like okay you know i've been making coffee at home now because i used to (laughs) go get coffee okay i don't do that anymore uh i'm a big basketball fan so especially this time of year is like basketball prime time Mm -hmm. there's no basketball and it's like such a reflex for me to be like you know because especially i like to work at night so i'll put on a basketball game while i'm working or something and i'll multiple times i don't do it now i'm over the hump now but for the whole like week after they canceled the nba season i was like I literally would like reach for my pocket be like, oh, what games are on tonight? Oh, there's no games on tonight. And uh, little things like that. I mean, just everything. And then obviously work is much more disrupted uh, just because I think everybody's kind of in limbo right now. And, and, you know, one thing that I was obviously, uh, I think most people, obviously for the people who work non- essential jobs, Uh, not to say that we are not very important people, but uh, (laughs) No, I mean we you know, we're a marketing agency, so we're not an essential job, right? right? Um, And I'm sure you know, most people out there don't work essential jobs. Obviously, there's a lot of healthcare workers, grocery, etc. And those people are doing great work, but obviously the majority of the people don't work those jobs And I think for the people who are not working those jobs, this is just a good time to kind of reflect yeah, um, I agree. And
0: Think. I mean, I. It's funny because it's like, it's just that how many things we take for granted, uh, normally, oh, yeah. especially us. I mean, oh, in, in yeah. the I'm talking us as being in the US that we have a certain lifestyle that other people don't have, and now when we're when our lifestyle is interrupted and affected so severely as far as our social life, connections, and everything else, and things that we can do. Uh, it really affects us. Like, little things. Like, even going to have a cup of coffee or watching an NBA game, you're, thinking, you're looking at things that are more for us, whereas you go to over Right, countries. and I don't want
1: to say, like, I'm complaining. Like, okay, my problem's all right. no
0: NBA, big whoop.
1: Obviously, I'm fine, okay? I'm not complaining. But, yes, it is just different. It's just, like, all of a sudden overnight all of the little habits you have change you know before now every morning before every morning i used to wake up and check my email first thing that was always my th- my first thing i'll pull up my phone and check my email now <laughs> i actually check the stock market first thing instead <laughs> of my email so little things like that you know um but yeah i think everything's changed well, one
0: email. of the things that i've noticed too and, and i'm similar to you as far as my normal habits obviously have changed, and, and this is like in the news. And, and it's like a I mean, I hate, I normally don't watch news honestly, because I, I think news is always bad news. It's just, um, somebody said the other day, CNN is the crisis news network or whatever. I mean, it's, it's like everything is breaking news, red bands, everything though. Um, and with this coronavirus thing, is I think it's 50% pandemic. 50% fear-induced media that just wants to portray, I mean, headlines that don't make any sense. Well, you know, I think, I
1: actually, I was talking with someone about this the other day, and I think that a lot of this, the reason why people took so long to react to the coronavirus uh, was because, and I blame the media for this in a sense that it was like it's like the boy who cried wolf. The media makes everything look like a big deal. Right. And that's their business. They make everything. Breaking news is the biggest story in the world. So that when there finally was something where you really should be ringing the alarm and saying, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Pay attention. Because people have been hearing that for so many years. When it wasn't true, it's the boy who cried wolf. But
0: but it's just, I I don't know. I mean, sometimes you like to look at the positive side of things. And I'm not saying like hiding the truth or anything, but... Unfortunately, we live in a, in a world where the internet and the news media and the clickbait and all that stuff rule. And that's how they get more clicks, more advertising money, more revenues, more visitors and so forth. And, and, and sometimes you start looking at the headlines <clears throat> and you see the headline, which is really negative, and then you click on it, read the article. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the article really is not that negative itself. The article is just explaining yeah. everything, but they extract the only negative part of the story to put it on the headline. Because see, they say things are going better, people may not click. Uh, like, like they say, for example, they say the number of deaths are, are expected to increase over the next few weeks. Okay, well that's just logical, unless people that are dead come alive the number of deaths are going to increase over the next few weeks. I mean, that's just a stupid headline right there, okay? And they're never going to decrease. Now, if you start clarifying, say, the percentage or the ratio or something like that, but they say the number of deaths are expected to increase over the next few weeks. Well, yeah, it's always going to be the case. I don't care if you have coronavirus, people are going to, add to the people that are dead already, okay? So we have 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. I expect it to increase, okay? But then they're actually saying that in the article, they say, well, but the recovery cases are also increasing and this, and we started to see that some countries are reaching the peak and all the stuff. Okay, why don't you put that on the headline? Because they always pick the bad news. And I don't care which side of the spectrum you are in politics or whatever, even if it's a news, uh, a press conference or something, they always pick that that you're in theory not lying but you're skewing skewing the story into the one that is going to give you the more clicks and and believe me, you were talking about habits every morning now I'm actually reading newspapers from Spain to see what's going on there newspapers from France, newspapers from England and when I say newspapers obviously I go to the the online, to the internet versions And, uh, and then obviously the US and it's interesting because it's something that is across the board I don't care which media outlet you read they all are focusing on all the negative aspects of this yeah there's silver linings out there that are good and good stories but nobody actually they put them at the bottom lower left like a little article saying oh this person actually did this or recover or this person did a good thing or
1: well i you talk about the globalness of it i i forget who said it someone said it the other day um but they basically said and at first it sounds like oh that's not true But it is true when you think about it that this is probably the biggest global event that has happened since World War II. I mean, really, World War II ended in 1945. Since then, has there been a – there's been big events within countries but within a like globally where there is nobody who's unaffected right. by this has there really been an event i don't think so i think this is the biggest global event that's happened in a century basically
0: yeah no not in recent memory for sure And on the way uh, not only that i mean this is an event that is has come like a tsunami i mean like we were uh, i mean i i it's remember it's an event
1: that no one alive today has lived through something like this. Right, so right. that no one really knows how to navigate this. There's no one alive today who is <clears throat> alive in this 1918 Spanish flu, you know. So right. um, it, I think people don't know how to navigate it. And I also think that people uh, – I think that there's some groups that are completely in denial. And I think there's other groups that are completely like – way over exaggerating Mm -hmm. and I think it's somewhere in the middle I think people who are in denial thinking that oh this is going to be eight weeks and then back
0: to normal I think they're lying to themselves they do that without any fundamental knowledge of what is going on they just I think some people that are in denial that do it like a psychological theme for themselves
1: people don't like bad news
0: right like they they psych themselves to say oh this is nothing this is nothing just to kind of get motivated like a motivational tool for themselves to say it's like everything else it's not going to be this but but it is it is um, but that's, that's the thing like I think it's 50% the truth of the pandemic that we have global as, you, as the name implies and the other 50% is more uh, the fact that we are now watching more news than ever and reading more stories than ever we'll get into Twitter and Facebook in a little bit but uh Um, all those things are like, that's all we know. There's nothing else to look. There's no sports. There's no other news. There's no uh, culture. There's no history. There's nothing. Everything you see is about that. Every email you get is somehow related to that, whether it's a company that you work with or a company that you're a client of that is telling you their their, their philosophy.
1: Even with us on this podcast, I was like, well, I don't really want to talk about it because we've talked, I mean, especially us because we've been talking about it for... This
0: is like the third, or fourth week that we do it.
1: Yeah. No, but I mean, we did podcast in early February about it. And I was writing yeah. in my newsletter in January. Yeah, we were talking about it. So it's been like, for me personally, two months of talking about it to where now I'm like, okay, I'd like to mix it up. But the truth is, there's just nothing else to talk about. Yeah, but like I, 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 we send newsletters and it's like, okay, am I really giving e commerce tips right now? Like, do people give a shit? Is that what matters? Yeah, no, right I mean, people's minds
0: are another other things. But, but that's my thing. I mean, we were talking to ask you at, at the beginning. What have you? How are you seeing your habits changing? And to me, one of the things that I realize is how how fragile we are, really. I mean, yeah. In, oh. in, as a society and as the world. I mean, we've have evolved so much in the last, specifically in the 21st century. I mean, if you discard 1900s, whatever. Well, I think. From 2000. I think it's let, let me finish for the- a second
1: probably the 70s on, we've seen globalization like never before. Right, right. Because in the 70s is when basically the U.S., 60s, 70s was when the U.S. lost all its manufacturing. And so it's basically been 40, 50 years. Right. And I'll let you go ahead. But this has been the last 20, 30 years have been peak globalism. I think that we'll, on the macro side perspective, I think that we'll see a shift away from globalism because of this. I think that we're going to go back to localism. Probably a lot of nationalism in a
0: lot of countries. But obviously. I wasn't just talking about the global versus local. I'm talking about how much the world has evolved technologically and everything in science and everything. Yet this virus that originated in Wuhan in China in a matter of whatever, whenever you think it started what it was 30, 60, 90 days ago has basically invaded the entire world and interrupted the entire world. And all these scientists that are at the top of their game for everything else, they're still racking their brains trying to figure out how to fight it. I mean, the vaccine we know is not going to come for like, who knows, a year, year and a half. But even the patches, the methods, the this and that, and how unprepared we were for this situation. And I don't care. And this is not just the U.S. or whatever. It's all the governments. I don't care. I mean, it looks like Korea did a better job. China, who the heck knows what they did and or they didn't do and they tell us or not or whatever. But every other civilized country for which we have reliable information is on the same boat. I mean, we're now, in theory, maybe a week or two behind what's happening in Europe. But in Europe, their cases are like all over the roof. I mean, Spain is pounded. It's actually the second after Italy as far as cases, deaths and everything else. And... More than China, by the way, France is following yeah, up. Yeah, if you believe it. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, if Germany, anybody
1: doesn't think that China has millions of cases and they're not reporting it,
0: yeah. Well, I know it's just have China too much out there, from the, the but, Chinese government, but England or the UK is is basically starting to i in seen the lockdown already London. I'm thinking of a confinement. I mean, too. even India. So India, yeah, a country exactly. of 1.2 billion India. people, right, right, right. shut down so, the whole so thing. So Olympics cancel. I mean, Tokyo is now having, or Japan is having new cases. It's a global thing where you think, how in the world these countries that are the most industrialized countries in the world are being affected by this thing that in theory you think, okay, they should have just been able to just shut it down right away. Affected some people and do whatever yeah, but that's circuit breaker we have for health issues that, yeah, but boom, clutch it. We have that for the market. We have that for many other things. We have that for war. We have that for mm, but you're terror situations. You're uh, Of course I'm right? but no, I, I, I
1: Like I said, when we spoke about this in early February, I said we need to be shutting down borders now. And we didn't do it. But... It's because shutting down a border with a country is not something that you just do. Okay, that has massive trade implications both ways. Especially, and now in in the U.S., excuse me, we'll probably start seeing borders shut between states, and that's never happened right. before. Uh, and but that's so the only you, way you can have you a real But you can't just team. say, "Oh, were we unprepared?" Yes. Did, was in a situation of pandemic. Do you need to be proactive or reactive? You need to be proactive and. Every single governing body, including the WHO, which is their whole job, they're supposed to be apolitical, uh, a-national, basically, not uh, aligned with any country. Even they fucked it up really bad. And so that basically – I do think if trust in government and institutions wasn't already low, I think this has – deteriorated in well, even more. It, I think has- I think trust for government officials is like I said it wasn't even high to begin with but it is at all 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 time lows because this is the one case you know or not the one case but one of the few rare cases where having a centralized authoritative uh body is good because they can act very quickly on a nationwide scale and globally they failed at that. Globally. Well, one of,
0: the, uh, one of the good things of this situation is that I think uh, I was listening to another podcast the other day, and I forgot actually who was the person. I wish I could give him credit. But uh, it was the first time ever that we know of that all scientists and medical community and researchers from all over the world are actually looking together for a solution to this or a cure, basically, for the virus. Um There's never been a situation where you have more cooperation now between Europeans, Americans, Japanese. I mean, basically people from all over the world pulling together efforts and research and sharing information as far as what can we do that is uh, short term as far as testing solutions, medicines and things like that. Uh, middle-term and obviously long-term as far as vaccinations and how we can solve this issue. So that's a, that's a positive thing that there's, you know, like back in the days when you have Russia and the U.S. or the USSR and the U.S. cooperating for some of the space programs and maybe going doing some things together or the European Space Agency with Euro, with, with the U.S. and all that. And now we have a, the whole scientific community is, is cooperating, I mean, truthfully, into this situation. So hopefully that will open these channels to to work in the future, you know, to make sure that this doesn't happen. But, yeah, well, I mean, to me, it was it was incredible to see how, you know, you expect, okay, yeah, it's like, I don't want to minimize things. But saying, okay, yeah, this this affects, like, malaria, things like that. Okay, this affects third world countries or kids or, or families or countries that don't have developed situations and we have all these programs to help them with vaccinations and this and that and hardly ever gets to civilized countries. That, I just think it's remarkable that... Uh, besides
1: basically a couple countries, like maybe South Korea, I mean, across the board, especially in the Western world, U.S., Canada, Europe, Australia, all these, well, I guess, I don't know if you call what Australia Western, but whatever. Uh, I think you get what I mean. It was like a across-the-board failure. I mean, literally, there. Were, I don't think there's a single European or North American government that did it right at all.
0: No, that's the same. That's, that's, that's my thing. point. That's how unprepared we are. With all the top civilized countries, we have this—the the G7s, the G8 summits, and the discuss. We had the Davos conference right at the beginning of the year, and they were talking about this too. And this is the top scientists and governors and and uh, personalities and powers of all the world discussing how the economy and everything is going to progress for the following year. The funny thing about Davos and, is that they weren't. This wasn't. Well, I don't know. At least on the
1: public side. Obviously, Davos is very much a backdoor dealing type of event. Right. So I don't know what they were talking about behind closed doors. But as far as the public conferences themselves, they didn't even discuss coronavirus implications at all. They were talking about growth projections, GDP projections, all those things that are like... Nobody at Davos was saying, hey, guess what? In
0: Q2, GDP is going to shrink by 24%. Listen. Nobody was saying that. And again, this is not political, but we... As the country or even the president underestimated this, we basically thought exactly. We we we
1: still. I mean, fucking Florida. Yeah, yeah. The the governor, the the political leadership of Florida, especially Florida, which by the way has a very high uh, uh, older citizen population, because lots of older people like to retire there. Yeah, the entire. suite of officials in Florida should be sent to fucking jail for what they're doing. <laughs> they're such crooks. It's so unbelievable what they're doing. And it's it's not just Florida. I'm picking on Florida because that's been that's a case where they have probably the most vulnerable uh, populace of any state. I mean, I don't know which states have the most old people, but Florida's got to be one of them. And it's just been unbelievable how poor and even still, I mean, it is March 20, what? 26th? And they're still not
0: shutting everything down. It's
1: unbelievable.
0: Yeah, you you said something before about um, shutting borders. I mean, I I um, I unfortunately I think that's the solution because
1: yeah, at this point you have no other solution. I mean,
0: like like for example we're in Arizona, obviously, border with California. The traffic between Arizona and California is constant. I mean, it's just a constant. People that Arizona that work in California, do business there. California people do business in Arizona. I mean, it's constant road traffic, airplane traffic, whatever. And Arizona was actually with few cases compared to the rest of the nation for a long time. Now we're starting to creep up, but um, we were basically low cases. And if this... Ab- possibility of crossing borders existed. I mean, Arizona could have really said, okay, listen, we have our neighbors that are sick on the West Coast, and then we have people that probably in Vegas have already shut down all the casinos and all that stuff, and they may come back here or whatever. We're going to shut our borders. We're going to basically shut the border know, with, The problem
1: with that is that's completely unprecedented. It it's is, literally never but happened. Ev- all these except for maybe doing.
0: civil war well but that's never happened where you can't just cross i know borders. well the whole coronavirus is unprecedented the situation we have now has never been has never existed not in the modern and world no no not exactly in the global, well, i don't know
1: in the globalist world that we have now well exactly no, everybody, everybody
0: every government and every nation is taking unprecedented measures i mean i don't think spain has ever been in quarantine for like Four weeks that it's going to be now, or France or Italy. I mean, that's never happened. So it's unprecedented. So the US is a huge country. And right now, we don't have a national emergency situation as far as locking down or confining the entire country. But we're at the mercy. Well, we have,
1: I mean, basically shut all our borders.
0: Yes, the borders to, to external traffic, obviously. Yes. But uh, but we don't have a confinement nationwide, like shutting down the country, saying, okay, nobody leaves their houses. No. Right. And I think at this point, I mentioned to this. We were talking the other day. But, I, but what I was going to say before is: is the Arizona thing, or basically every state? I think. I think it's the, a genie's out of the bottle. It, there, cross the closing
1: borders between states now means nothing because it's too in late. every state. It's too late. Yeah. But you know,
0: it, it's like if you have a big ship, container, whatever, submarine in, or something. When you have a a a place where basically you get a torpedo and you get something and water comes through, you have compartmentalized the, the ship. You can close a section of the ship so that section gets full of water, but the rest of the, the cruise ship or whatever kind of vessel you have continues to navigate, doesn't sink. So if you consider that with the U.S., you can shut down and quarantine and close the borders or certain states that are safer and then leave the ones that are more infected or affected um, quarantine until they heal it up, but instead of spraying all over, because unfortunately you have all these flyover states, which they're called that for a reason. You have the East Coast. You look at the map. You have the East Coast is totally red. The West Coast is red, start with Washington and now it's California but stuff. But it's everywhere now. Right and then, now. well, late. exactly. Now it's getting everywhere. But you have states like like. Uh, Iowa, Des Moines, Montana, whatever, New Mexico have very few cases, Arizona have very few cases before, and now they're starting to spread. Why? Because there's more mobility. If we have been able to quarantine on a state-by-state state and lock down the states, you say, okay, yeah, we have four problematic states in the U.S. with a lot of traffic and but people. The, pr- the problem is then, by the time you
1: have problematic states, it's too late. It's already everywhere. You just don't know it yet. because well, it's, it's too late when you don't act quickly. But No, because even by the time Washington, which was the first one to have an outbreak, by the time Washington had an outbreak, it was too late. It was already in the rest of the country. We just didn't know Yeah, it but yet. we were because talking. Because people travel constantly. Okay, so uh, unless you shut it down when there was like five cases, it's too late. If you wait until, oh my gosh, there's 200 cases in Washington, it's too late because
0: it's already spreading everywhere else. No, you but just you don't see, know it yet to yet. control. Where those cases came from in Washington, there was like a retirement community or something, and and second, a situation that was very um, specifically isolated there. That's why they grew so much in Washington, which is not a common place for a population density. It's, well, I mean, Seattle's pretty dense. Uh, and yes, but it wasn't in up. Seattle, it was Spokane, or some other um, region. Uh, but it, it, regardless of but the but, you case, don't
1: need. That's the thing. This virus is highly contagious. You don't need to be in a super dense area to get it. Any suburb, it spreads through. Suburbs are not dense like a city, but it still spreads like wildfire. It spreads, but
0: social distancing is where it's curing or preventing. Yeah, but no one curing, was social preventing Right. I mean, a, a situation like in New York is much more difficult to have social distance We, we started
1: social distancing four weeks too late. Well, I know. Basically. That's the
0: point, that we started too late. I think I think, when you start seeing the situation and you have enough information about the coronavirus to see how contagious it is, and everybody knew that it was very contagious. They say it's not as lethal as the H1N1 and all that stuff, but it's very contagious. And it could be lethal for different populations. That's stuff we knew from, from the beginning. And then we just let it ride, you know, like saying, oh, it's, yeah, it'll be fine, whatever. And then it was too late. So, anyways, that's... that's. Let's
1: get back to what we talked about originally. Yeah. You asked about uh, <clears throat> day-to-day life. You know, I wonder, and I wonder what other people are thinking too because, uh, you know, this is typically a business podcast. But all business has been disrupted, really. Uh, I personally, and I'm always someone who errors on the side of action, I always feel like, oh, I need to do something. Oh, let's do something. Let's, you know, whatever in any normal circumstance. And in most circumstances, that's the right move, right? Because there's too many people who talk and not enough people who do. Mm. And so opting for action is normally the best choice. But, you know, we're a company. We have have our own kind of strategy meetings because it's like, okay, what's the roadmap here? And, you know, and I said it, I was like, honestly, right now, there's things that I'm thinking about. And you ask, like, I've just been reflecting a lot and, quote, not literally meditating, but quote unquote meditating, where, like, I mean, I'll just sit in silence for a few hours or work, work meditation. Or yeah. walk, go for a walk or something for an hour, just no music, no podcast, nothing, just think. Um, and there's ideas and there's possible courses of actions that I think could work. But the truth is, I just think there's so much uncertainty that, even though I'm someone who always is like, oh, let's just go, 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 I'm like, maybe we should just kind of hold off for a minute because making a hard decision now or setting a specific roadmap now, I just think is stupid because you don't right. know what's gonna happen. Well, and yeah. I think a lot of people are feeling <clears throat> like that. Where I hate the feeling of I I hate feeling complacent, like when I when you when you feel unproductive and you're not doing anything, but at the same time I'm like, well. You know, this if there's a, it's not complacency. It's just kind of patience and waiting
0: it out a little bit. You we were talking about the movie, um, uh, Braveheart or now. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah I was joking. Was
1: hold, like, yeah, hold. If you haven't searched, just search up uh, Braveheart hold scene. Um, but, I mean, what do you think? I mean, no, I, I, agree. I, I agree. I'd be curious what other people are thinking too. It's just, uh, yeah, I have ideas and things that we could do, but at the same time, it's like, I. I don't know what's going to happen. Forget a six-month road, I don't well, know what's going to happen so in that you six don't
0: days. Know, I, I, we never know what's going to happen, but I think it's more no, but the fact that we're not in
1: control. For example, companies, even all the public companies that are reporting numbers right now, they all said, we're not giving any forecasts. Well, yeah. Well, they yeah. said, we, we have no idea. We're not going to give any earnings guidance, nothing, you know. Right. And
0: this, the bit, which is rightly so. And because, again, remember what we discussed. This is not an economic crisis. This is a... Health crisis. Well, it's both. And, it's well, both. Uh, yes, and now it's both. But it started when you have an economic crisis, you start seeing like signs of things are not look that look too good, but they're not really that good. The biggest but the, with the health is, crisis is that the health crisis has become now an economic crisis. We're gonna get into the stimulus package and all that stuff. So now, this economic crisis that all the companies are being affected one way or another. It's like, yeah, our books actually were fine. We're actually having good reports. And we're reporting uh, above expectations up until last quarter. But now, I don't know if the next two quarters are going to be well, They know they're going to be low. So it's impossible to make predictions. You know, it's just not... Right.
1: And that's why when I say... I think now is the time to be kind of reflective and just... Really think about things before people commit to action if you're in non-essential obviously if you're in an essential healthcare or whatever Yeah, go go go. That's what you're supposed to do right now. But if you're in a non-essential uh, uh, Service or product company um, I think now is a time to more be reflective but- because we don't know the biggest question is not the health part of the crisis will be solved at the very most, probably within six months, at the most, hopefully sooner, right? I think everyone understands that. It's the economic implications that we don't know. We don't know, are we going into a massive recession? I know, Are we going to bounce back? So that's why I think just blindly saying, okay, this is our strategy, go, I think is
0: not smart right now. No, no, that, right that would be, be nonsense now. But let me ask you, as a business person, you know, one of the things that business people, entrepreneurs, CEOs, whatever, do, companies, is trying to anticipate what's going to happen in the next, you know, I mean, uh, I always remember Bezos saying when we look at a quarterly report, it's for something that we plan like a year ago. We're not planning for the next quarter or the next quarter. What we're seeing today is for something that we planned actually a year ago, and now we're seeing the fruition of those plans, whether they worked or not, and then moving forward. So you're always trying to anticipate and plan ahead as much as possible. Right. But, but I'm saying that um, you can't really do that. No, really. I understand. I understand. But my point is, if you try to learn from this situation and become better in the future, how do you do that? Because this is not something that you can really prevent. Like if I'm, I'm a business owner and we are really very close to companies that are all over the spectrum, but specifically restaurants are being pounded very hard. Some of them will not even make it. Some of the Some, hotels- A lot. Well, exactly, yeah. It. Some hotels that were just totally Uh, doing very well just up up, up until a month ago or even projecting for the spring and the summer and all the events that they had planned now are actually shutting down and totally projections out of the window. Airlines are the same way and we had a long discussion last week. But any other business that is really doesn't have much power to make changes to to whatever this affected or however this affected them, I don't know if you can anticipate this situation other than saying, okay, well we're going to have always this emergency plan for whatever happens that we can implement and then we are quickly able to change directions and say okay well, we have these projects whatever it is that we want to get to they're not urgent but they could be filling time in times that we need to be working more on ourselves yeah, versus but with clients when you say projects what do you
1: mean because well i know example, what you're saying like we have internal projects that we work on when it's like okay we don't need to work on clients. But those are often not directly revenue generated. I understand. We can do them because we're not in a, as tight a position as our restaurant is. Okay? I understand. But a restaurant, well, that's there's I'm nothing saying. they can do. That's they need point. revenue.
0: That's exactly my point. That I don't know how every business can be prepared for a situation like this. Like if I own a restaurant and my restaurant is packed every day, happy hour, whatever. We have a lot of things, and then this kind of store is screeching hold for whatever reason. I mean, you can handle maybe a weekend that there's an accident or something. They close the road, the only access to your restaurant, and all of a sudden you see traffic that people decide, oh, we'll go to another restaurant. Fine, that's a weekend, whatever. But this situation, we shutting down your restaurant basically, and people are not going anywhere. So, how do you prepare for that, or what do you do? Uh, like some of them are very, very creative and saying, okay, well, hey, we're shut down, but you like our food, we're going to deliver it to your house and we're going to do this and we have all takeouts and all that stuff. And that's fine. That's a plan. I mean, you know, if that's the plan they have and people are a fan of that thing. But in some cases, you can't even have takeouts. I mean, there's not even option for that. So, so far here in Arizona, we can but in other places, they can't even do that. They can't even deliver stuff. So either you say, okay, I'm going to have all these savings in place. So maybe if I was planning to remodel my restaurant in the fall, I can do it now. Nobody's remodeling a restaurant right now. Well, I know, I know. They're using
1: that money to uh, pay people, if they can, pay their rent. Because the thing that, especially with restaurants and hotels and things like that, that I think a lot of people don't understand is like, even if they cut all their staff and cut all the food expenses, the biggest expense for a restaurant Is the building basically under overhead? Is the lease, yeah. And so, even if they cut all their staff and cut, they obviously aren't buying food and all that, they still have a huge lease and they can't cover it. And you said, something about Cheesecake Factory, yeah, like Cheesecake Factory, that's a major this is, yeah, they have hundreds of stores, and they're
0: not actually a cheap restaurant
1: either. I mean, no, and they basically said, uh, we've already notified our landlords, basically, hey, we're not gonna be able to make rent on April 1st, you know, and this is not. If there's a if there's a restaurant type, it's the chains that should be more safe, but a lot of them are in trouble too.
0: Right. Um, I, but like, is that is that is that poor planning on the restaurant or on the on the when business When you're a side? bigger
1: when you're a bigger chain like Cheese Factory, yeah, because we haven't even been closed right. that long yet. Cheesecake Factory, I would hope, has more than three weeks of cash to survive. Um, now, yeah, obviously, there's. Now I wanted to mention one thing when we were talking about the virus and the shutting things down. I do think one thing that I is very dangerous that is happening right now is that you know there's I mentioned maybe we can well maybe we don't have to pull up but we can maybe put in the show notes. There's this uh chart or graph that was going around that is basically a timeline of weeks without cash flow that companies can survive uh, in yeah. in typical sectors basically and it was saying okay the lowest is like restaurants basically if they go literally a few weeks without money they just go out oh, of yeah the average restaurant uh, two
0: weeks without but, shutting down but it was they-
1: basically within two three months without cash flow a third of of U.S. companies are just out of business, especially small businesses, mm-hmm. are just done. Like, companies don't have three months of savings, basically. Well, there's there's a whole... And so, to finish, I think what we're doing right now is really stupid as far as policy in terms of... I think we're half-assing the quarantine because... In Arizona, for example, we're not locked down. I mean, we businesses are closed, but I can go right now, go to a grocery store, go to a gas station, go to things like that, without much precautions or procedures. Well,
0: you're talking <sighs> businesses are closed, uh, but uh, not restaurant a business, right, so restaurant business on the
1: restaurant. But, but um, I, I mean, I see it all the time. I see p- parks. We're are not. Packed. We're not in confinement. We're on not in full basically. lockdown. Right. And the problem with that is that we're ha- we're Feeling the terrible economic hit, but we're not totally smashing the virus at the same time. And I think that's stupid because what that means is that the difference between, let's say, an eight-week lockdown and a 12-week lockdown. So if you half-ass it, it takes 12 weeks. If you go all in, just full quarantine, maybe it takes six to eight. That difference, if it takes an extra four, six weeks of lockdown where all these businesses are shut down, that is... So it's over, basically, because here's why a lot of people, I think, don't understand the complexities of economies where like I see a lot of people saying, oh, well, landlords should basically give people not make people pay rent or whatever for the next two months. Okay, that's nice. If the landlord is like an independently wealthy person and they own the building or whatever, own the property and they can afford it. And I've seen some landlords do this. That's nice, that's very nice, and they should do that if they can afford it. I think people of means should be helping others right now. But most landlords are not a person. It's a big company, it's real estate investment trust. It's these companies who, by the way, they don't own the building, okay? It's no different than a person who has to pay their mortgage. Right. You're paying rent, they take that money, they pay uh, maintenance, mortgage, all of these things, staffing, all of that, property management, all of that, and they have their own mortgage to pay. So if you don't pay them your rent, then they can't pay the bank their mortgage. And then all of a sudden, that ripples down. And if all of a sudden, all of these basically property companies, these real estate management, management companies yeah. can't pay their mortgages on the rental properties, then you have a banking crisis. And that's when things really hit the fucking fan. Because all of a sudden, we have a 2008 type thing where everybody's defaulting yeah, on their… I mean- on their homes and we their are,
0: properties. <clears throat> yes, but at the same time, as we said last time.
1: But what I'm saying is in six, eight weeks, maybe that doesn't happen. If this right. goes 12 plus weeks, yeah. It's going to turn oh, of into a banking crisis. Yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously, there's that's no, the
0: danger. There's no productivity. The GDP, which is the domestic product, which is how much the country in each country produces, basically the value of the country. If the country was a factory, that's how much the country the country produces as a country, you know, in, in goods and services and everything else. So, the more you have these factories stopped meaning the entire country coming to a screeching halt, the more the GDP suffers, therefore you go into, it's like a domino effect trickling down to anything. Right. I don't care if it's you not paying your rent or your owner not paying your rent because, not paying his rent because you don't pay your rent to right. him and so forth, it just kind of scales down and then, oh. but, but again, we start from what we said last time that this is not, this didn't start as an economic crisis. In fact, the country was in pretty good shape financially. Except for your content, um, but I think that's not true. No, well, that, that's fine. We I don't want to repeat. The I same. will
1: tell everyone. Listen to our podcast from last week, right, right, because we went into the economic implications. And basically, my two second r- summary is: this recession was going to happen within the next couple of years, anyways, but this accelerated it and made it drop like that. Basically, yes, uh, but I, I used my like party
0: analogy. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, that's just—I don't want right, to go. All right, go listen last to last week's episode, yeah. and we discuss. And it. I, you know, again, uh, but I wanted to um, go back into because the other the other aspect that we're not thinking much or I don't see much about is the psychological aspect, and we are, and I, this is not just us in the U.S., but every every person in the Western world is is very we're used to socializing, we're used to going out. Whether you go out on your own and you're a person that just likes to go to a bookstore and sit down, have a coffee, read a couple of books, or or go to your coffee shop, or go shopping, or even go to the grocery store without a mask and gloves and chat with people there and see who you run into or to the park, we like to go out. And people can be home told, hey, don't go out for a week, maybe two weeks. But now we're getting into three weeks, four weeks, possibly six weeks. I know that a lot of people are going crazy. Just literally. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people where... It comes to a point, and this is actually true already in some countries, where people say, fuck it, I don't care if I get coronavirus. I'm going crazy in my house to the point that I'm being totally depressed and I'm not doing anything and I'm just going to kill myself. Seriously. I mean, then you get into serious depression problems where people are like, I'm totally confined. And we are in a nice apartment or, or, or house or whatever in the, in the U.S. it's a little more suburban living in some cities and you have your... House, maybe a pool, whatever is fine. Are this is is, are the suicide
1: stats true? Because I've always I know. I well let me tell you, because I Mm. always have heard that and I've always believed that that okay in economic downtimes that there are a lot of basically a lot of people kill themselves. But actually I was reading the other day, someone showed the statistics and they said actually no. More people commit suicide in good times than bad times. Because in bad times, People go into survival mode, adaptive mode, and everybody's doing bad, basically. There's nobody right now who is like living some awesome life. You can, even, it's funny because even Instagram, which is always like the very showy thing, mm-hmm. when I go on Instagram, Everybody's the same thing. Everybody's like, I'm so bored at home. Whatever. I'm nobody's living a showy life right now. And actually, that suicides are higher when times are really good I'm because not... they compare themselves to others and they think that they live a shitty life. That, no. That's what I've seen.
0: Actually, <clears throat> that's that's the yeah, that's the uh, the uh, over factor. But in this case, we're talking about just regular people that are. Um, I mean. <laughs> some people were comparing this to like a nursing home where older people, are basically put there because they need constant care. And families are all over the place. They cannot be with their father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, whatever. When they get older, they put them in a nursing home. They're supposed to be taken care of. But that's basically like the saddest thing you can see. You've never been to a nursing home. Oh, I know. I know. Um, that's like... If I ever get old, I'd rather just die than go I know. to Well, no, no older person wants to go there. They try to make him very nice and all that stuff. But basically, just surrounded by people that are like... If, forget if you you are like an active person doing your life and you have some kind of medical condition that requires constant attention and you're lucky enough to even go into a nursing home with the cost associated and all that stuff I mean the life there is basically anything but exciting you have the same routine you're going well there blah, blah 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 so now you have a lot of people that are very proactive that want to do things and they are in, in their houses and they are not seeing the little couple of things that they make them happy in life and they do it for one week two weeks three weeks and they just go into a state of total psychological disarray I'm not saying they're going to kill themselves i mean hopefully not but well, what do you there's s- going to be a lot of a fallout from from that situation where you start thinking is this is this cure that we're trying to impose or solution worse than the actual problem it is or just basically saying there okay i get infected or whatever obviously the, the problem is that we're already saturated the, the, the hospitals are saturated so what do
1: you think about what do you think because this is a problem that people don't talk about and i don't necessarily have an answer what about what do you think they should do about prisons uh what about him in terms of basically there's outbreaks having in, in prisons and everybody's super confined and stuck in jails and prisons what
0: do you do i i actually was thinking about that i think uh first of all i don't know how the prisons got or the prisoners got infected because unless the guards get it they have visitors right because once so, it gets in a prison <clears throat> yeah it's very very it's gonna spread right right obviously um Honestly, I don't think before, if you're talking about their um, the rights or whatever, I mean, people are confined in prison just like they are in their own houses. So I don't think they should do anything other than confine those people. Obviously, if a person gets extremely ill that needs hospital attention, uh, that person should get the hospital attention. But like, they, have, they have that kind of thing yeah, within but I mean, their prison, prison too.
1: Yeah, but they're basically saying the risk is that the prisons could be, I mean, you could have everyone in the prison sick basically
0: in a matter of a week. And but how sick? I mean, not everybody that is sick dies, obviously. Well, a lot of people don't even have symptoms. I mean, we discussed this, but I mean the, the, the rate, let's say the the percentage of the, the well, death rate or whatever is. Do you is think that 1%? they should,
1: which some people are proposing, uh like the personally, if you were to ask me, I would say, okay, anybody who's in there for a violent crime, sorry, you're of stuck. Course. Uh, anything that's like a serious crime, but for all the people that are in there that committed petty crimes, yeah, misdemeanors, are in there like that. for maybe yeah you have a two-year, three-year sentence, things like that. Do they deserve the same punishment as someone who's no, no. in there for life? I, you know, I
0: mean, uh, this, those are just very uh, moral type situations. Yeah, but this say, is okay. a real life example. What well, is where you have in the U.S. hundreds of thousands of people who are in there for petty misdemeanors, things like that. Listen, I mean, listen, I mean like in my, my opinion, if you are in prison and you have a life sentence. Fuck it. Okay. No, I'm not talking about the life sentence. Okay, so. I don't
1: care. Someone's in there for murder. Okay, well, I don't care. You're 50
0: and you are sentenced to 25 years in jail. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about.
1: So I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about someone who raped someone or killed someone. I don't care about them. Okay. So misdemeanors. So, yeah. Okay. Say you're in jail right now and you have a three-year sentence. Right. Do you deserve the same? What if you die in prison because of coronavirus? Well,
0: no, no, what if you die in prison? I
1: mean, I, I if it could happen. I mean, what if the prisons get? O- prisons are no different than the outer world. In fact, they're they don't have unlimited hospital beds in prisons either. They don't have the
0: obviously medical not. capacity. I, I think uh, if if a if a person that is in prison for a theft, misdemeanor, whatever, that is sentenced to two three years, and the person is severely ill, like like a normal person out of prison that is that is, is supposed to go to an emergency room, that it cannot be just put. Two weeks in quarantine or whatever, yeah, that person should be just taken care of. I mean, I don't think... But what if... But should they let people who
1: have, let's say, like a three-year or less sentence, should they let them out?
0: If the the hospital doesn't have... I mean, if the prison doesn't have the facilities, yeah, they should be... Like let free? uh, Not free. Or temporarily, basically. What do you mean free? They go to a hospital and they're still... let out of the prison, basically. To go to a hospital.
1: Yeah, or to stop the spread in prisons, in, in jails. No,
0: no, 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 no. If, uh, that's what they're discussing. Okay, well. If, I mean, uh, that's what they did. No, They've I mean, done that in other countries already. No, though, right? prisons have different options for yeah. confinement of people that they can be separated from the rest of the prisons. I mean, even even now, when you go to a normal clinic, they have separation between people that come with some kind of respiratory disease Probably coronavirus but they don't have versus the capacity. person that comes to the clinic because they have a uh, cut or they broke their arm or whatever. So, even a normal clinic that you and I may go to, they say, Hey, if you have uh, any respiratory thing or anything remotely related to coronavirus, you come and come through the back door, be isolated, mask, gloves, everything we're going to treat you there, but you're not going to be in touch with the rest of the. Uh, sick patients that we have that are here because they have... Right, but what if, you have a, uh, what if you have a jail with a thousand prisoners
1: and all of a sudden 200 of them need to be in the ICU? I mean, they don't have well, that type of
0: capacity at a prison. No, not in a pr- if You're saying 200. I mean, first of all, ICU is the extreme case for everybody. Okay, even hospitalization. Okay. they don't have that capacity. No, obviously not. So, so if, if let's say that the prison population. I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about prisons, but uh, if the prison population, you have a thousand, and it's the same demographic print as the normal population where you say okay well we have x number infected x number of the of infected people or cases are mild to a little more severe to extremely severe to basically icu people then you know, if you have people that progress so badly and then they go an ICU, they go to an ICU like any other person, you know, provided that they have space like everybody else in the normal hospital. So, but majority of cases, depending on your age group and all that stuff, but are should they do perfectly something... treatable. Just because you have coronavirus doesn't mean a death sentence. Okay.
1: No, no, no. But should they do something proactively? Because that's the thing. Once it's in the prison and it's spreading. It's fucking everybody's gonna get it
0: Well, yeah They
1: should do I mean But should they proactively uh, Do something I don't think a prison... just say Fuck it, they're in prison No,
0: no I mean, I don't think a prison Is different than a workplace I mean or, or an MBA Right, but people. all the workplaces Are shut down Right, exactly Prisons are not Well, but I mean How do you shut down a prison? Well, you can You can separate Like I said You can create different uh, Prisons, like I said They have different So now everybody's just on isolation, so they're just stuck in their cells and not allowed oh, yeah. to leave their Oh yeah, they basically put them in isolation. Even in isolation within the prison, they have different sections. They can have the east wing of the prison for people that have symptoms, and the other one for people that don't show symptoms, or separate them. No visitors allowed. No contact. Food, this, the way. I mean, they can do the same thing that we do outside of prison. It's really, um, uh, you can consider a prison like a hospital. A hospital has a lot of patients. Some of them may be coronavirus patients. Some of them are not but they still need to separate the patients and the, that are one thing versus the other, the doctors that go with one patient versus right, the other. Right, but that's the problem that's
1: happening in hospitals is that it's spreading like crazy. Okay, well, right. No I matter know. the precautions. So,
0: so, but I don't see much, separate, much differentiation there. I mean, if a person was there because he has a, a, a misdemeanor or a two-year sentence or something, that, that doesn't mean that they're going to leave you died. I mean, that, you cannot do that by law. Okay, or even morally. It's I mean, it's not that they
1: let you die; it's that they get overwhelmed and they can't treat you.
0: But that's happened outside of prison too. That's what's happening everywhere. Right, but should they take preventative action before it spreads well, in prisons? Should, of course, everybody should take preventative action. Okay, you're in prison, and you are in everywhere, anywhere, anywhere in society. Every nucleus you have, whether it's a prison or whether it's a playground or is a whatever, should take preventative action so that cases don't spread. So that's just that's just normal. I mean uh, I don't see that. I mean you're asking me Oh okay Well we have a guy That is a rapist And he's in a dead no, sentence No
1: no I'm not talking about that Obviously okay, well, I then, don't care about the guy Who raped someone And right, I was in prison exactly. Sorry okay. okay But I'm talking about <clears throat> You know like The majority of people In jail Are not murderers and rapists Okay, right. the majority of people did one stupid thing and maybe they're super remorseful and regretful and are trying to rehabilitate and get yeah. out yeah so Do they deserve a oh fuck
0: you fate basically no i mean it's the same thing i mean like i said if i have symptoms of coronavirus the first thing i gonna say is okay yeah you are a positive case um stay home for two, two weeks they don't send me to the icu or nothing they say stay home I take. um said i a fan or whatever they give so you. Should just they just lock everyone in their cells? No one can go well, to the yeah. yard. No yeah, one can leave. It's no different than locking down. I'm locked down in my house. I know, They're but a cell is cells. different than a house. It, it doesn't fucking. I'm in a jail for a reason. Okay. Well, that's their. That's their thing. Or no, I don't want. I wouldn't say it's different than a house. A but cell. A, Yes. Of I mean course. a cell is literally a bed and a toilet and that's yeah, it. That's fine. So what? Do you want to leave or you wanna, leave, it's or like you wanna get in a closet basically? Well, yeah, but they're in a cell for a reason, so that's their punishment. Your confinement instead of being I in know, your but. maybe two bedroom apartment in New York and you can't even leave, or your your house All right, do anything fair enough versus, fair versus enough. being in a cell. Okay, fine, you got sick. So you no, no visitors, no contact with other prisoners and stay in your cell. And then that's it. I mean I don't see there's a risk with do that. Do you treat people on priority
1: based on their uh
0: uh, crime other crime yeah i wouldn't say their crime i say so mostly if you have
1: two people with coronavirus one's in jail for murder one's in jail
0: for theft do you treat the theft person first if you have limited i'll say depending on the on the on the scent yeah if you kill somebody that's a whole different thing that's what we're that's talking what about I'm saying yeah of course if you kill somebody then yeah i'm not going to be taking care of you the same way as the guy that basically shoplifted whatever and went to jail but that guy is not next to each other the guy that killed somebody no, no, I know, is probably for a fucking life yeah, sentence I know. There. obviously there's nuance there's right i
1: don't know what they're doing in maximum security
0: prisons of course of but, course uh, i mean if if i'm 50 and i have a 40-year death sen- life sentence okay well i'm gonna spend the rest of my life in jail so guess what you are not a priority. Right now we're making that selection no matter what. Even in civilian life or freedom life with between older people and I'm younger saying. people. So there's always an actual selection. Hey, listen, we only have one respirator. So if you are eighty five, I'm gonna have to give it to the guy that is fifty five and has more lifespan ahead of him. Sorry, I just need to do that. I mean, it's just that's happened all the time. People get all these things that oh my, we're making selective stuff. That happens all the time. You know, if you're crossing the street and you can only save one person and you see a grandma carrying a little baby across the street, you're going to try to save the baby and not the grandma. Sorry, I can only save one. Okay, that's that's just what it is. I'm talking AI, AI will do the same thing. You know, talking about artificial intelligence and you're driving your car and the robot decides who to run over. Those decisions need to be made, okay? So, uh, at some point, it's a natural selection, you know? And the virus actually is making the natural selection itself because it's affecting older people more than younger people. So, in a way, that's kind of a good thing for this virus because if it was affecting kids and children and babies, that would be a fucking bad virus too. But it's affecting people that are older as far as the mortality rate and with a pre-existing medical conditions. So... Condition. so the, within all the bad virus conditions, I'm okay if people that are, uh, of course, are putting our grandpas and grandmas to a more risk, but at the same time, if the virus is being a little more selective and 10% of the deaths or more, or actually no, in, in I, I know in Spain, 90 something percent of the deaths are people that are over 65 smokers and with some kind of pre-existing conditions okay, well, we'll be telling you forever that smoking is bad for you. So now you're actually seeing why because you don't have defense. Yeah, but what to- about
1: people who are just old? That they're not, they didn't smoke and drink. They're just old. That's
0: fine. Okay, they're old. Okay, so their immune you system... you to old. die just because you're old? Nobody deserves to die. Okay, we're not talking deserving to die. We're talking about people that are older and therefore their body is not functioning anymore at 100%. If you have a car and it has 200,000 miles, that car... It's going to perform okay, normal thing. But you put it in a steep hill, more likely that engine is going to fail. Okay, why? Because the engine has two hundred thousand miles and it's like old and fatigued and no compression, whatever. Versus the other car that is new, it's going to go with no problem. I mean, that's just what it is. Okay, so the virus is, is affecting older people because they're older, basically. Their body is already. But what's, in a yeah, stitch. we
1: know that. But what's your point? Do You think we should? say fuck it only old people are gonna no. die so we should
0: reopen everything or no. what do you think no you I'm saying? not saying that I'm saying that well first of all this started with the prisons and stuff like that but as far as the we can move on from the prisons but
1: what's your point about the old people obviously yeah okay it affects no the old my people point with the old people
0: that. is that the virus is affecting mostly older population yeah and then that's just the fact so if you're talking about we should try to save every single life okay right but that's number one What's
1: your point I'm saying
0: No, you're asking me about selection, whether we should select prisoners or not. And then I said the same thing about the older people. I said, in the normal life, we're always making a selection. Hospitals are always making a selection, okay? If you have an emergency room where there's a bus that just went into a wreck and they bring 30 people there, it's the same thing. Why do they say always women and kids first, blah, blah, blah? Okay, they say for a reason. I don't know about the women because they sometimes get upset. But you always try to save the children first, okay? Because they have more lifespan. That's just... Just as normal life. Every father will give their life for their children. Why? Because they say, okay, i will fucking lived already fifty years. No, I get that. I'm, I'm okay, not well then w- the point is that older people, if there's only limited resources, yeah, I lim- get that. That's what they're doing. So that's what they, the point. That's the point. Okay, basically. I know. I'm not disagreeing
1: with that. I'm saying, okay, whatever.
0: Um, I mean the bottom line. Long. The bottom line is that this situation is actually, unfortunately, going to kill. Um, or this virus is going to um, affect older people more than younger people, and it's already affecting older people more than younger people. And like I tell I mean, uh, it, why is Italy more affected? Because the average age of the population that is older. In Spain, it's the same thing. Majority of people are people that are in nursing homes or older people, and they also, you know, heavy smokers, conditions, asthma, whatever. Their lungs are already affected, so they are more very, very sensitive to any kind of... I mean, they could have got pneumonia, and they got the coronavirus instead and it it may kill them or it will kill them, okay? So those people, unfortunately, are at higher risk. So, yeah, is the virus discriminatory and and, and affecting more older people? Yeah, but if you have a virus that is affecting younger kids, I'll be much more upset. It's not that I'm not upset. Of course, of
1: course. I think I said that in a podcast a couple weeks ago. I said we're fortunate, and I've heard many virologists say that. In this case, normally, viruses hit old people and kids and in this case kids seem to be for the most part fine right so we're fortunate in that case right but for
0: whatever reason they're not so i mean there's younger people that are also affected but those are the minority and when you look at the mortality the death rate, rate of kids is not high at yeah all, when you look at mortality rate by different age groups and that's pretty steady across the board and across the board meaning across the countries but you can see that <clears throat> for um other people is like 10 12 percent very high and italy is almost there like the global rate in italy is like 8 percent. but then when you get to the 50s and 40s and 20s and 30s and so forth then it's just more normal to the point that it's like less than one percent
1: so so back on the question that you asked me originally Mm -hmm. i'll throw back at you how are you uh reflecting and kind of are you planning anything or are you just kind of waiting it out a little bit we're well, trying to a little, see what happens
0: a little bit of both I mean I'm I'm um, definitely reflecting that's what I said that uh, I was surprised how <clears throat> there's different things that I think every day one of them is like I said how fragile. These superpower countries are. I mean, we're the most. But forget about the let g- me, global. Let me. Uh, make I want to talk po- about you more. Well, so. that's my reflection. Basically, is is saying, at what point do you feel safe? Like you rely on all these you sh- governments, you know, to. That's, I wouldn't. I think people should well, not but rely the same on thing. the government. it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's no different than okay. Well, they just you just passed this um stimulus package with the government to help. I know we're gonna get into that in a second, but we all pay social security. With every paycheck okay whether it's bi-weekly monthly whatever your paycheck is you're paying your contribution to social security which in term in term means that um when you retire the government will pay you back will give you some money uh, a monthly payment based on your contribution So, okay, but now the government is telling you, well, that's not guaranteed. You're paying this thing, but they say, well, we may run broke or whatever. So we're always relying on the government for certain things, whether it's for healthcare or for this, for Medicare or Social Security or keeping us in peace or keeping the roads built or or whatever it is. We're always having these government institutions that we pay for directly or indirectly via taxes or fees or whatever, and you trust that they are going to do their job. And to me, the reflection is like, they are not doing their job. They definitely didn't do their job now. Even in this right, case... Did, <clears throat> so did my it refle- really
1: take until this for people to realize that?
0: Well, I think in, the, in, the, in this situation, yes. Um, but um, my reflection is like, you need to start being more responsible or more critical and then take care of yourself much more as far as financially and be secure and everything else because you know that... The government may not always be able to help you, and 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 sometimes even the way they help you is not the way that they think they're going to help you. That they're trying to put this package now. And I want to get into the stimulus package that was just approved yesterday. And uh, they said they're going to send um, um, twelve hundred dollars per individual. And actually, they're going to go back to I think two years, uh, two thousand eighteen tax return basically. So obviously, they don't have the numbers for nineteen, which the deadline is now. Push back 90 days or something so they're going to go back to 2018 returns to determine who gets what and how much and so forth because there's a limit where it phases out but anyways the point is they're going to pay $1,200 per individual 2400 basically double for couples and I think it's 500 per kid um, <clears throat> so in theory any average family of four with the parents and two kids will get a free check for 3400 bucks. Okay, that's great. It's gonna help. It's a lot of money, by the way, for to send that to everybody. You know, Uh, I think the limit is $75,000 of uh, adjusted gross income by per individual and uh, 150 for couples. But anyways, I don't know how that phases out. You get some some or part or not. I I haven't seen the details yet, but that's basically the gist of the, of the government assistance or aid. So you get the money and um yeah, that's gonna help. I mean if if you basically were unlucky to be laid off or full or yeah, something. Yeah, depending on
1: where you live, it'll help more or less. Yeah,
0: obviously cost of living is an issue, but they, they cannot go by that. I mean they just need to do something across the board. So right. yeah, some people in New York said, Okay, this doesn't pay shit for me and some people that live in Des Moines, Iowa whatever in the middle of nowhere, they might say, Oh fuck, they pay my whole rent for the year, you know. So and and that's I don't know. Okay. (laughs) But, I mean, the the bottom line is that it's it's, it's some money that is going to come in the mail. And some people say, okay, that's not – in some cases, like Bernie Sanders was about to um, basically vote against it or not approve it because he said that they're also extending unemployment benefits by $600 to whatever you are already entitled to like you are laid off you are entitled to unemployment whatever rate applies to you based on your contributions and so forth but now they say we're going to increase it to uh buy six hundred dollars no matter what for like 60 or 90 days that you get extra money and then the complaint was like saying okay well for some people that might be too much money it may actually promote unemployment because some people may say I'm getting more. It's happened before. It's not the first is time. Six hundred bucks? No. In addition to your normal unemployment, so it's okay? Uh, is that per month or what is that? Monthly. Yeah. So so uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a minimum wage employee.
1: Yeah. It depends. It depends your level of where you live, I guess.
0: Right. Exactly. So if you normally get like let's say six hundred dollars of unemployment, okay, uh, a month, and now on top of that they give you another six hundred dollars that's 200 100 and you may say I'm not going to find a job for 200 bucks a month right now so I'm just going to file for unemployment and stay 3 months basically not working and doing this so anyways that was one of the situations so they they now try to have a, a supervisor that is going to check obviously when you go into an employment you have to comply with certain situations looking to be for a job for jobs yeah, you need to that. basically yeah. be actively looking for a job but they say that you know everybody tricks, tricks the system they set up Truth interviews is, right now
1: it's okay say you're a server and that's your career or whatever, uh, there's nobody hiring servers. So it's like, I don't even know how you tell, how do you apply
0: for jobs if there are none? Well, but that's the thing that unemployment only applies for people that were employed, not to freelancers or the gig economy, people and all that stuff. So you were a freelancer, you are basically on your own. That's 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 the, why
1: the freelancers need the twelve hundred bucks exactly more than exactly anything. because
0: you're not officially a W-2 employee in the U.S. or be, uh, an employee. This unemployment thing doesn't apply to you you're freelancer, you're basically supposed to pull money aside and then you live on up. A- now,
1: obviously, the difference is if you're a freelancer, you also don't pay employment taxes. So that's... Yes. Or unemployment taxes. So you don't, you don't pay that. That If you're a W-2 employee, you do. So obviously, the idea is, okay, you don't pay these taxes, but that means you're saving
0: money, so you shouldn't no, need it. No, w- when you are... Yeah, you're not paying no the 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 employees never pay unemployment taxes. Well, okay. The employer pays it for you. I know, but
1: obviously that gets into semantics because uh, this is one thing that you and I discuss and that I think a lot of people don't understand. If a, so if companies have a certain budget allotted for employees, obviously, you know, because people think of it like, okay, this is my salary plus health care plus right. Social right. security, payroll, all those taxes, right? Uh, Unemployment is part of that. So if a company has 120,000 to pay someone, maybe your salary only ends up being 90 because the other 30 is another Right, Right, you have an allocated budget. So the idea is if a contractor, you don't pay it because basically, like you've said it, it, it's insurance. It's not a tax, so to speak. So if you're a contractor, you're supposed to save. Now, obviously, a lot of contractors, freelancers, gig workers, it's not like they're making yeah, so the, much the, to save.
0: I, I just wanted to say that the, the package includes a lot of things and we're not going to get into all the details. But basically, the main thing that Do you that think people, it'll be enough? Well, we'll see. I mean, or do you they, think they'll do more? They, 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 they said that maybe they would expand it to two months. Uh, depending on how things recover. But obviously, that's just one portion. I mean, they're also allowing people to uh, uh, complete their tax uh, returns 90 days later, which means that if you owe money, you can also delay 90 days. They're also allowing people to forgo some of the... Uh, payments and things that they have. A lot of banks and and credit cards are also allowing their customers to delay mortgage payments and things like that. So hopefully things, financially at least, people that are hurt, hopefully, like you said, for 30, 60, 90 days will have a little bit of a breather to say, okay, I get some cash from the government to begin with, and then if I get my job back or everything goes back to normal, I'll be able to get back with my normal billing and everything else, if it's a, a 60 to 90 day situation. But you are asking me how it affects me personally. Well, this is what I was leading into. It's like, now, I mean, I don't wanna rely on the government to bail me out, okay? I mean, fortunately, I'm not in that situation. I don't need the bailout from the government or anything like that, but I, at the same time, 95 percent of the population needs that kind of isn't that situation where they say okay well they pay payche- you to paycheck so not 95 percent okay 90% I don't know what population is but uh, they, uh, uh, when you read the statistics they tell you that a lot of people a lot of families cannot afford an emergency for more than a thousand dollars without having to break. Into some kind of credit card or putting themselves in further debt. Okay, they don't have the cash to say, okay, yeah, I need to buy this for a thousand bucks. Yeah. Okay, so we can look at the numbers. It doesn't matter. But the point is that, you know, it, if I were a person that actually says, you know what? I'm a good citizen. I have my job, I pay my taxes, I put a little money aside for retirement and doing everything the government is telling me so that when I get to 65, 70, whatever, I'm going to live a good life and not be worried. That's not going to fucking happen, okay? So you need to you need to actually be more ready because when shit like this happens, the government is going to discuss it forever. They may or may not give you financial aid. They may or may not help you. And not only that, they're going to put you in a confinement in your house and then Good luck, you know. So it makes you reflect about how inefficient for if it was a company, it's like how inefficient <clears throat> this is. And also, companies, you know, that are not ready because they don't have this kind of uh, uh, emergency plan in place for this situation. So, I, an emergency is because you don't expect it, especially big companies, right? Small right.
1: businesses, it's like okay, I, I get it, you Correct. know, like it's hard to start a small business. Most small businesses, yeah, are literally paycheck to paycheck in their own right, right? But big businesses, if you're a multi-billion dollar corporation, right. you have no
0: excuse. But but the thing is that we are in, in the U.S. where our, our economy is 65-70% consumer economy. So guess what? You kill the consumers, yeah. you kill your economy. That was
1: going to be another point I made. Exactly. That I think this hopefully will shift us back more towards a production economy rather than a pure consumer-based economy. And I don't mean necessarily production just on like manufacturing. I don't think we need all the manufacturing to come back. I think some will. Well, I think we need to rethink that. But I think that that a consumer-based economy is, as you said, fragile in its nature. It's because you rely so much on the goods and services of other countries to stay afloat. And then when that
0: disappears, you're screwed. So in that sense, let me ask you, do you think this, let's just start finishing up the the podcast, but I want to think more positively about the situation. So I actually was thinking, you're talking about reflection stuff. I was thinking, you know, as, as much as it hurts to think about this now, I think in the long run, this situation, this coronavirus crisis could be a good wake-up call for the U.S., for all countries, but specifically for the U.S., to say, hey, we want to be anti-fragile, which is something that we always uh, say here. Um, we need to be more self-sufficient because the reason why we're not self-sufficient is because everything, not everything, but majority of the products in the U.S. are made in China or overseas, uh, Southeast Asia. optimised optimize stuff. for... Hyper efficiency, right, and over and profits too. So over, yeah, we,
1: we profits and efficiency over sustainability. Exactly, exactly. And
0: but robustness. that that hurts you in a situation where people are even saying this virus, this pandemic. I mean, it's we've been predicting it forever. If it's not this, is that or whatever, it could happen again or whatever. So, but I think. It, to me, the, the critical thing is that they say, okay, well, we need, to f- we need to more masks or more respirators or more something, and we don't have a fucking place in the U.S. that can't make those masks, okay? Now, we're actually um, asking uh, Elon Musk to in his Giga factory or in his factory in Fremont for the cars that is manufacturing respirators and all that stuff. We don't have a freaking fucking factory in the U.S. Even Apple, with all their power and cash and all that stuff, cannot generate anything because everything that Apple does is made in China. Okay. Yeah, designed in Palo Alto, whatever shit, but it's manufactured in China. So even Apple, the richest company in the U.S., if not now or whatever, cannot manufacture shit because they don't have a factory here. Okay. So uh, the auto manufacturers, traditional ones, are all shut down.
1: GM, Ford, all that stuff. Well,
0: GM is making. um, GM is making. Yeah. uh, Are making ventilators? What are they? Yeah, ventilators or something. Right. So so. But that's the thing, that we realize that everything that is manufacturing is going away. Yeah, especially essential services like or,
1: or goods like drugs we right. were talking about. Uh, yeah, like, I, I pharmacy. Think one thing that should be in place as far as regulations go, just in the same way that we have regulations on banks where on a bank, okay, you have to have a certain amount of cash reserves right. versus the money you're lending out. Uh, pharmaceutical companies should have to manufacture a
0: certain percentage of all of their drugs in the U.S. That's why, that's why I was thinking that in the long run, if we we're smart, as far as company owners, CEOs, and all of us, we should say, you know what, in an ideal situation, we, if we produce, manufacture, and consume our products here, yeah, with a few exceptions, but that is the exception more than the rule, whether it's clothing or whatever, or pharmaceutical products or any type of supply chain, we can, when this happens, we can shut down the country completely and say, you know what? The rest of the world may be in a pandemic. We don't have any flights coming in. We don't have people coming in. We don't have anything. We shut the country and we're not affected at all. And by the way, pandemic is what's causing it this time. But next time it could be something
1: else. Right. Exactly. And so... Like it's like the whole trade war with China. is exactly, like okay, exactly. this wouldn't happen. We were
0: talking about this on The whole reason there's a trade
1: war, right. is because they own us as far as manufacturing. Exactly,
0: exactly. So, so if we stop that and we say, you know what, we're gonna tell companies or companies to realize that, yeah, you're gonna it's gonna cost you more. Maybe you sell an iPhone for a thousand bucks, and instead of making six hundred or seven hundred profit or whatever, you're gonna make. 300, that's still pretty good profit, okay? But you are more self so sufficient. You can manufacture here, you have full control of your assembly chain, all the way to production and, and distribution and selling. And if we, in the long run, realize that we have more employment, more manufacturing in the US, more jobs in the US, less dependency from the other countries. And then when situations like this happen, like whether it's trade wars, pandemics, wars, whatever, we can isolate ourselves, a full country confinement, and then we say, fine, we're going to be here, we don't need anything from the rest of the world, the only thing that will be affected is tourism, because we're not going to allow people to fly into our country for 90 days until you guys heal yourself, which is no different than don't come to work, you are sick, and then we're going to continue our life normally. So you know? Let me ask you, because I have kind of two viewpoints.
1: And one is very optimistic and idealistic. And I hope this is what happens. But the other part of me is like, I don't know. And my idealistic viewpoint is that people will really learn from this. And as you're saying, like on the consumer individual side, people will say, you know what? I don't need to be so materialistic. I can. I need to make sure that I have savings and a security net for myself before I go out and buy that new car, buy that new purse, buy that new sh- pair of shoes, whatever. Right? Those non-essential things, basically, that maybe people will finally decide. You know what? I need to worry more I about understand. saving money. What's the second, uh- On companies, same thing. Hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't take out debt to buy back shares. Maybe we shouldn't do that, right? That everyone across the board will be more responsible and that's in less, in less uh, hyper-consumerist, I should say. My other this kind of more cynical viewpoint, and I hope this isn't the case, is that a lot of times people just don't learn and that maybe this will be over, and a year from now people are just like back to well, their same old ways. Yeah, I, I, uh, I and agree. I don't know. I, mean, I hope it's my idealistic way is what
0: happens. No, I mean I I know. I mean I could, if I were to bet money, which I'm not up, I don't like to bet. But anyways, I would say that we will remember this. We we have short term memory. That's my fear. And, and uh, we will. The same thing happened during the recession uh, to 12 years ago now um, everybody said yeah we need to do this the The average household debt went down or everybody was living within their means the credit card debt was down and then if you remember the mortgages the delinquencies all that stuff and then all of a sudden the average debt kept creeping up and creeping up and creeping up and then it went back to pretty much normal. The rules were changed. I mean, you want to buy a house, yeah, you need to have but 20%. But my,
1: my argument for the optimistic, idealistic viewpoint is that I think the last 10 years are not, were like almost, we're we're not a reflection of reality. And I think that the reason I said that I thought this recession was coming within the next couple of years anyways is because the economy wasn't actually so good and the world wasn't actually booming. It was just artificially inflated. And my optimistic viewpoint is that when you look at what they call the greatest generation, which is the generation that was basically went through the Great Depression and then World War II and won World War II, that's what they call the greatest generation before the baby boomers. They went through the Great Depression and learned. And people, it's a famous thing that people who lived through the Great Depression they were incredibly right. self-aware, self—not uh, self-conscious—is not the right word, but basically responsible. Yeah, fiscally, they remember. Every, they remember. They didn't forget that. They—they they were like that for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and now and it's think, basically that was hundred years ago, ninety yes, years ago. And so I people think, forget. And I think
0: obviously people will remember. But so do
1: you think it'll be another? 2009, where, okay, in a year from now, everybody's back to normal? Because really, people didn't change their behaviors I don't, after I don't think it's going to happen in a year from now. Or do you think it'll be more like the greatest generation where now everyone is like, oh no, we really need to reflect and change our ways? I, what I do think,
0: you think? Yeah, uh, no, I think definitely it's not going to be a year and a year will probably not be out of the Two years, uh, recession, years. whatever, but as time goes by, things will start softening and people will forget. Because You think people will forget? That's human nature and as Older generations will always be more and more cautious, but the younger generations will basically say, "Oh yeah, whatever." Yeah, but whatever. I'm, but the greatest but I, generation. I think am I'm,
1: I'm I'm, I'm not so They concerned. went through when they were in their twenties and thirties. Yes, so I'm not talking.
0: I, I understand, but it was a different era. There was less communication. There was less um, everything. I mean, less. Progress so you think and everything you're taking else. the the more cynical of like mm, people no, are? No, it's not cynical. This. It's just it's just basically human psychology. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always give the analogy of I'm driving down the road and I'm going or on the freeway and I go over. 75 miles per hour, and all of a sudden, I'm going 80, 85, whatever. And I see a cop that pulls over behind me, and it's like, Oh, it's coming. I was like, Oh, fuck. And then, it's like, Okay, shit, I'm not gonna do it again. Why did I do this? Blah blah, blah. points on my license, blah blah blah. blah. And then, all of a sudden, the cop pulls over and keeps going forward. And it's not pulling me over, and it's not for me. And I'm like, oh, Thank goodness, blah blah blah. You know, it's great. And I go continue the speed limit for the next 10 miles, and then after a while, it's like back to 85. No, I, I know what caught. you're saying. You know, I, that that that's, with, that's my. Th- that happens with everything. I that's, hope that's just that human nature. We tend to I forget these we were things. I hope wrong, though. I know, but I hope more than us individuals. That's what we live in a place in a but, government. I'm more relying on. I'm hoping that governments around the world. Well, I know, I know that's very idealistic, but that's why you have governments. There's things that are at the macro level that you cannot take care of yourself. Right now, if I'm a restaurant owner, like I said, I'm going to start taking care of things and maybe keep costs at bay. As a business owner, yes, but as an individual, it's a little different. No, but
1: what people cannot—the average person. Who says, what can I take away from this? I mean, one thing is, yes, you can say, oh, I, I change my mind on certain economic policies or something. And so when I go to vote, I'm going to vote for people who have whatever, right? But on an individual basis, someone listening to this, he says, okay, okay. Yeah, but, so now maybe- I, I think... It, I think the lesson from this should be, hey, we really should try to rely on the government as little as possible. I understand. And that on an individual basis, because if everyone takes from this, they say, you know what? If everyone in in the US and, and maybe the rest of the world too, says, you know what? Fuck the government in terms of I'm not, I don't want my livelihood to be reliant on the efficiency of the government because that has clearly failed time and time again. And I'm going to make sure that I'm okay so that even if everything else is crumbling, I'll be fine. And I hope that that's the but approach people take. Because people- that's, that's all you have control over. I understand. You can only control yourself. I understand, yourself. David, but you just said. So what do you think? People should just say, fuck it, doesn't matter.
0: No, 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 no. That's not it. Uh, I have no hope. no. I'm no. a victim.
1: I'm done. Okay. I mean, that's basically what you're
0: saying. I don't, er- no, I don't understand no. your what point. I'm, what I'm saying is that people will forget. You just said that last week you're going out and people were still in restaurants. restaurant. That's when we have the news 24-7 and people are still going out to more, restaurants. I think that's more denial. Well, They haven't forgotten anything. It, no, whatever it is, denial or whatever you want to call it. But the fact of the matter is that when we heard about this situation that was getting serious, you and I chose to be confining ourselves even though we don't have that lockdown in Arizona just yet for now but I haven't really been going out to any restaurants or anything for the last three weeks other than going to buy food or um, buy something essential or something for the most part I've been just working and doing stuff that's because I made that choice I said my health for me, as I always said, it's my number one asset. Without health, I'm fucking shit. So I'm investing in my health, and if that takes me to be home for three days, that's what I'm going to do. Now, some people, with all the information they have, with their office being locked down, with co- kids not at school or whatever, they're still going out to restaurants and all that stuff. But the difference is, here's, what, here's the difference. People haven't
1: felt, at that point, hadn't felt the pain yet. People are starting to feel the pain now. Okay, yeah. But So you don't think people will learn the lesson? I
0: think people will learn the lesson and then forget the lesson. Okay, well then that's not learning the lesson.
1: Well, <laughs> that's you don't think this will be basically like I said, where the people who went through the Great Depression changed their behaviors for life. Yes, you don't think that's going to happen. I don't think this is going to cause people
0: to change their. I mean,
1: you don't think thirty percent unemployment and the biggest GDP loss the U.S. has ever seen in the country's history not is going to change? Things? I
0: think the people that are going to be changed are the people I mean, that are thirty actually-
1: percent unemployed. Okay
0: let me finish. I think you're asking me my opinion. Okay. But if I give you my opinion, don't get upset. But I'm telling you that I think people that were, I'm just trying aff- to
1: take the more optimistic view.
0: No, I'm telling you it's optimistic. I'm telling you that people that are being affected personally, whether they um, were laid off and lost the jobs or they lost a relative or family person. I know people that lost their uncle or their, uh, or their mother or something. Those guys will remember forever. Now, the people that said, oh, fuck, that pandemic was a fucking pain in the ass. I was locked in my house for a month. I mean, you, you go to Twitter and people are like, I'm running out of uh, ideas. I just don't know what to do. The people that are hiding, that are hiring pets to go out and um, for a walk or something, there's people that are going to do that and they're going to take this like a fucking pain in the ass for like a month or whatever, and then they're going to go out with their lives as usual. Because that's just people, okay? They're calling me responsible, call, them call them whatever. It doesn't matter. Why do people do things all the time that are... Not good or not approved or whatever. Uh, you have people that go to the beach and they get drunk and they don't give a shit and they're doing stuff. Oh, fuck coronavirus, whatever. Yeah, those people are fucking stupid, but they're going to continue to be stupid. So unfortunately, humanity is a huge spectrum, and you cannot just say, people will do this, people will do that. Not everybody, but society
1: will move a different course.
0: Yes, maybe. Like I said, uh, if we have solutions, and then people would like to think what is the easy path and say, oh, yeah, well, the government learned from these things, so I'm sure it's going to be taken care of next time. You think so? You think people are going to have tr- more trust than
1: the government after this? Because I, I definitely don't no, think so. No,
0: no, it's not government trust or anything. It's just basically saying there's going to be, uh, I said the government as, as the medical institutions, the hospitals, they're going to have more masks ready. They're going to have more of this. They're going to create a vaccine, whatever. I think as time goes by, this would be, uh, how, we had this the the, the Spanish flu, Over a hundred, almost a hundred years ago Or more than a hundred years ago now We had the H1N1 Okay, that was just uh, maybe 10, 14 years ago But that didn't shut down the world That started actually here, by the way Okay That, That didn't shut down the world Okay, but affected the U.S. pretty severely Okay. Right, but it didn't shut everything down. Okay, I'm saying fine. this is different. And the, the swine flu that we called it was basically starting in porks and stuff and it was affecting everybody. I mean, it was it was the closest thing that we have to now even though it didn't affect the rest of the world. And trust me, people are knowing that it affects the rest of the world, but they don't give a fuck about the rest of the world. They give a fuck about themselves. And yes. as much as I care that a lot of people are done in Italy, I care about the companies that I are working with that I'm not able to continue open because they had to lay off their employees. That affects us more personally. But that's you know what I have mean. no control mean, over what happens. So you
1: don't think that companies and individuals are gonna start being more responsible after this and saying, okay, we fucked up. We got a I, on an individual basis and on a company leadership basis saying we need to make sure that we really are prepared for a rainy day. I'll
0: be very happy if the companies resort to do something like that and especially moving some manufacturing to their own countries forget about being in the us but yeah no france I in france spain spain whatever yeah you have some cooperation or something but you also have enough that you produce yourself so that you're not reliant on other countries because frankly do we're think- talking about climate change and all that stuff we never got china to sign any agreements or do anything do
1: you think globalism is
0: gonna sh- go back a bit? There's going to be more, I mean, if anything, I think um, governments and companies will learn that they need to be much more self-sufficient or at least have a plan B for situations like this. Whatever the plan B is for each company depends on the company, but they have to have a strategy for these situations, okay? We have a lot of strategies in the country for war times, okay? If we have a threat for any country or from any country, we have situations in place with different DEFCON levels and other stuff that are specifically defined on okay, how I'm to saying act. On a, I'm talking uh, more uh, but on don't an individual have it for the basis.
1: I'm talking on more on an individual basis because people cannot control... People have very little influence over what the government does, but they have complete control for the most part over their okay, own lives. So, so what what should individuals take from this? Because that's ultimately... The, if all well, of the individuals you, make a change in their life, then as a whole, society will change. But that's all people can really control. I understand. Well, I mean... So, so I don't do you think know. individuals will make real changes to their
0: behavior. I, I can tell you... I, I don't know. I mean... All I know is that from me, my experience from um, the last recession that we have as far as financially. But what I'm saying
1: is I don't think the last recession was it, it, the same as this. This no. is just so
0: different. I know it's different because this is more more tsunami type, more, more sudden, but... The actual effect that it's having now, aside from health effects, is the financial effect that people are losing their jobs, okay? Yeah. And losing income. And even and all that more
1: stuff. so than the last recession.
0: Yes. So that's more, what I'm saying. more sudden than the last recession. And, and more But then also, severely. But the stimulus package is also more than the last recession. Last recession, the total package was like 1.4 trillion. Now we're already at 2.5 and we're even finished. Yeah, well. Okay? But, anyways, my point is that. The last recession was the worst thing that had happened since the Great Depression. Okay, we're talking 1920s versus 2008, So, So did people learn from that for a couple of years? Do you think this will be worse than the last recession? As far as the, con- the
1: situation, I mean, worse in which way? Basically, more unemployment longer term, I, th- no, m- I more think
0: GDP shrinkage. I, I already gave you my opinion last week. I think this would be more severe short term, faster recovery long term. That's my opinion.